Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Dancer's Choice Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Dawson. And this week, we're about to be brutally honest and upfront and talk about mm-hmm. society's obsession with quick fixes. Yes. And it all started with a conversation of a little known, I'm not going to say friend, but I think <laughs> this world called Ozempic. You know we love to talk about the fad dieting and all that diet culture, glorified weight loss bullshit. Start with a quick conversation, and it led to us realizing we need to have a deep dive podcast into it to wake everyone the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And we've done research for weeks now. Yeah. I think like a <laughs> yes. month ago, we were like, let's start planning for this episode. And yeah. started by us talking about Ozempic and what it is and the effect it's having on society and how we're seeing it affect people in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing how little education or how little people are educated on that matter. And then it took us into a rabbit hole of how obsessed society is with taking the you know the shortcut rather than the long route quick fixes no one has delayed gratification anymore we want to see the change now nobody wants to put the work in to change your lifestyle for the better and people are quick to grab a medication rather than quick to seek helpful resources and we're just going to dive into all of that today yes so i'm gonna let dawson take it away. <laughs> Homegirl is ready, and we both brought paper trails. <laughs> yes, lots of paper trails. I am very passionate about this topic and not passionate about it in the positive way that I'm like, I love this thing. Passionate in the way that I'm like, I wish that this thing never existed. I wish that it never came to light. Well, I don't wish Actually, that Ozempic never for existed. It. Yes, there is a reason for it, and I don't wish that it never existed because when I did my research, so backtrack to when Ozempic was um, becoming this thing all over the internet and everyone was taking it, I originally was like, oh, it's just another one of those weight loss drugs, but it's an injection, you know, it's a little bit stronger than like taking a pill, whatever. But come to my knowledge when I researched, Mm -hmm. I found out that Ozempic is actually a drug that is made for people with type 2 diabetes to manage their diabetes. And I was like, hold the freaking phone. We need to back up a little bit. I was shocked to find out that it is not a weight loss drug. However, it is a drug that is made for people with type 2 diabetes and one of the side effects of it is that it causes – it can cause people to lose weight can. because it um, mimics the hormone in your brain that tells you when you're full. So it doesn't make you feel hungry. It makes you feel full all the time. So therefore, it'll cause you to not eat as much. And in turn, when you're not eating as much, we all know from our past, our past nutrition people that have been on the show that – and the podcast that um, when you're not eating as much, your body tends to pull from fat, from muscle. So, of course, you're going to lose weight. Well, and just, you know, basic common sense. If you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. Calorie surplus, you can gain muscle, what have you. Mm -hmm. Maintenance calories, same, same. So, exactly. Body's full, body doesn't eat as much, instant calorie deficit. There you go. That's – yeah. it's not some drug that's, you know, 
causing fat to shed away. It's no. going straight to your brain and fucking with yeah. your yeah, um, fucking with your hormones. Yeah, and your signals and mm. yeah, all of that. And it's like super dangerous. So when I was researching about this, I was like, wait, this is this is an insane. And come to find out that the um company that created Ozempic also created a drug called Wigovi, which is marketed as a weight loss drug. So Ozempic is marketed for people with type 2 diabetes, but they saw that so many people were going to it for weight loss that they were like, let's just make one for type 2, for weight loss. So they created Wigovi. And the issue that they found was that there was a, a shortage of both Wigovi and Ozempic. Um, for people that actually needed it, like people that had type or have type two diabetes were unable to get the medication because it was being consumed by celebrities and influencers and all these people that had such a pull on society. And then all these people were looking at, you know, their favorite celebrity lose all this weight so quickly. And they're like, oh my God, I want to look like that too. And they immediately found a place to get Ozempic injections and started getting it. And then all of a sudden people with type 2 diabetes were like, well, I can't get the drug because it's like not available right now because all of you guys are taking it. So I was like, this, this is an issue that Mm -hmm. we're taking a drug that's for meant for something else because of the side effects of it. And I was talking to my mom about this and I told Riley about this and I was like, this is so true. I was talking to my mom about it and she was like, this just reminds me of like the fentanyl crisis when fentanyl was created and used for people like for cancer patients because of their intense pain. And people found out that it basically like made them feel absolutely nothing and they would go to doctors and doctors would just prescribe them fentanyl for like minor things that like you could take ibuprofen for and then they became addicted to it and became and died from it and all this stuff and she's like this just sounds like the start of that and I was like I hope that this doesn't become that because I fear because of the premise around all of it that it 100% could be could become that because if we're looking at it from a nutrition standpoint mm-hmm. if you are feeling full all the time you are not eating when you're not eating you're not getting the nutrients in your body that your body needs and when you're not getting the nutrients in your body that it needs you're becoming malnourished mm-hmm. and that just is a recipe for absolute fucking disaster yes. and just like we learned with Shannon last last time on the podcast that an eating disorder or malnourish malnourishing is like it's a very prevalent cause of death that a lot of people don't talk about Mm -hmm. and this is just seems like this is the perfect storm yeah to create that premise um so that goes back to the fact that this medication this injection is getting used because of the side effects when have we ever taken a medication because of the side effects that right? I have? Like, right. aren't you supposed to take it for its main use, mm-hmm. its main benefit? Right. And so many people don't even know that it's for diabetics. No. And once again, I didn't you... even know. I thought no, it was it literally for weight loss. Us Yeah, exactly. You see this and you're like, oh, it's not big. People are just taking it to lose weight. And then you realize what it's for. And then once again, 
why should some random Joe who has perfect, like, stable blood sugar levels be taking a diabetic medication? No. Absolutely not. You definitely should not be doing that. If you want weight loss, and I'm not going to be here to say that weight loss is bad, because there are some, like, scenarios where you're like, oh, I, you know, want to lose weight. There's nothing wrong with having physique goals, but there are other ways to go about it than just jumping straight to a medication. Yes. And I'll dive down into that a little later on the episode. I'm going to try not to go to that rabbit hole just yet. (laughs) We're going to ease into it. (laughs) But I just think so much about how, okay, we've literally seen deaths linked to Ozempic. Mm -hmm. People are still taking it. Seeing people in my community down here that are on Ozempic and already kind of addicted, like they're supposed to be coming off it soon and don't want to because they're seeing the weight loss benefits. But extremely low energy, feeling lightheaded, feeling nauseous, feeling dizzy, can't even work out. I'm sorry. If you're taking a medication that's supposed to make you feel better, why does it why is it making you look sickly? Yes. For taking a medication because you're like, I want to feel my best. I want to like lose weight again, but you have never looked so sick in your entire life. Yeah. Is that not a big ass red flag? Yeah, it's like your quality of life has severely gone down when you could be doing other things that will improve your quality of life and be more sustainable because the thing with Ozempic is the minute you stop taking it, which it's not even meant to be a long-term thing, so the minute that you stop taking it, you're going to start eating like normal again. You're going to gain all that weight back because you didn't learn the tools and the skills that you would have in other lifestyle changes to make it Tables fell. We're good. (laughs) Oh no! Tables bad too. Um, because you didn't learn like those lifestyle changes in order to keep that weight off, to make it sustainable, to make it a long term thing. You just went straight for a quick fix. That when it's when it's done and it's over with, and you don't take it and you can't take it anymore for your own health and life, that you're gonna gain it all back, and then you're gonna be in the same spot again, and you're gonna be unhappy. It's just like. Your quality of life is so bad. And you're targeting the hormones rather than Mm -hmm. the body and the gut. Talk about messing up like your entire like body as like the way that your body is meant to run is like it's not running properly. And then everyone's like, my hormones are not balanced. It's like, well, no no wonder why. Like not because you're, you know, you're taking this drug that mimics the – like this one specific hormone – but then all these other hormones are being affected because of it and because you're becoming malnourished. So now as a female, your female hormones are not being able to, you know, run properly because you're not providing the nourishment that they need to run properly. So like all of these other hormones are becoming mm-hmm. affected by this one hormone that's being mimicked. So it's just like it's a catapult and like snowball effect of this one drug that is just ruining the quality of your life. Well, essentially. And- Yes. And then my one thought too goes to, okay, this is mimicking the fullness. Um, the hormone your body tells you you're full, right? Mm-hmm. It's We already know, and from previous episodes with Shannon Kindle before, restriction itself is already harmful to the body. Yes. But now you have a medication that is restricting your food. Yep. So it's like a whole other layer going into it. And I'm sorry, this is also a new medication. We don't know the long-term effects of it. No. But for how long it's been out, we've already seen how, like, it's hospitalizing people. It's making people sick. Like, there's clearly a timeline. You're like, you need to get off it now because you're losing too much weight. Um, 
it's scaring me. And then going back to the whole like theory that it's going to become the fentanyl crisis, the opioid crisis that we're in right now, do we not think that people are going to get, get addicted to this? Yeah. And it's why are it's we a very, so quick it's a, to jump to a pill, to jump to an injection? Like, see a nutritionist, seek a personal trainer that can help you change your lifestyle to one that's actually going to benefit your body. Yeah. And the reason, like there was, obviously we were doing research about this, but there was something that I listened to and it really struck a chord in me. So I was driving to work in the morning and I listened to, yes, I was driving to work in the morning and I listened to the radio show um, every single day. It's like my favorite thing. It's like my morning ritual, whatever. She's such a mom. Yeah, I know. We're like the morning radio show. (laughs) So I was listening to it and one of the hosts was talking about how he's always struggled with his weight and, um, you know, he's always just kind of like been, he loves eating food, you know, he just loves it, whatever, cool, whatever. And he goes in to talk about how at some point he was finally like, you know what, I'm going to like take my life in my own hands. I'm going to, you know, I'm really unhappy with the way that I look and like the weight on my body. So I'm going to change the way that I eat. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to go do CrossFit and all that stuff. So he did that. He ended up losing some weight. He was happy with the results. Great. Love that for him. Then he went on a cruise in the summer and he, you know, kind of fell off his routine didn't really go back to doing CrossFit and just started like, you know, emotional eating, whatever, and ended up gaining back all the weight that he lost. And he went to go put on clothes from before. They didn't fit him anymore. And he got like really unhappy. So then he went to his doctor and he was talking to his doctor about it. And he was telling his doctor that he basically has this like obsession with food in the terms of like, he's always thinking about food. He's always thinking about when his next meal is going to be, what his next meal is going to be. He's like eating lunch, thinking about what he's going to be making for dinner and having this really obsessive of these obsessive thoughts about food. And the first thing that his doctor says to him is, I think we should maybe think about putting you on Ozempic because not only does it mimic the hormone that makes you feel full, but it'll stop those obsessive thoughts about food because you're not thinking about, you know, food. You're not thinking about how hungry you are. And I immediately was in no. the car and I'm like, put on the brakes. I'm like, oh my God. I got so angry about this because to me, for someone that has been in the mental health space around food before mm-hmm. and has sought out mental health help for my thoughts and compulsions around food. Of, of course, mine was like the opposite end of it, but obsessive thoughts around food can come in either you're always thinking about food and eating that food, or you're always thinking about food and restricting that food. And a lot of people always think about the restriction of the food and the obsessive thoughts around it and like not eating it, but no one really thinks about and talks about the other end of it where you're always thinking about food and eating that food and emotional eating just like so much. And the first thing I thought about was, well, that to me sounds like disordered thoughts around eating. Mm -hmm. That to me sounds like that's a conversation where you're like, okay, this sounds like a mental health thing. So I think the best thing that we should do is send you to a nutritionist. So that way we can get like a meal plan devised for you that can help you with your goals and also have you seek out medical mental health help from a psychologist to do psychotherapy, because that sounds like you have this relationship in your, in your brain around food. You're always thinking about it. It's all these mental thoughts. Yep. 
However, the first thing that he says is, let's put you on Ozempic. And I was like, no, because when I was researching about Ozempic, the the parameters that doctors should be looking at when they're prescribing Ozempic to their patients or why they would even do that anyways. But basically your BMI, which we all know BMI is absolute bullshit. So it's so annoying that we're still using this, but your BMI has to be a certain number in the obese range. Okay. So that's parameter number one. Number two is that you have to meet at least one health related, um, problem that is caused by being overweight. So whether that's high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, uh, you know, stuff in your liver, stuff in your, like whatever the other health related Mm -hmm. condition is, you have to also meet that in order for insurance to be like, absolutely, we'll cover the cost of Ozempic or however much we'll cover it. But doctors can also, you know, be like, oh, you have a history of heart disease in your family. Oh yeah. We could just write this off. So that way the doctors get the check, you get put on Ozempic and all is well. But instead of being like, okay, we're going to talk about getting you a nutritionist, getting Mm -hmm. you with a mental health counselor so that you can talk about your relationship with food and therefore have a better sustainable lifestyle around it and lose all those thoughts. But no, we're going to put you on a drug that makes you stop thinking about food. And that is what really made me be like, we need to talk about this because the fact that the doctors are out there doing this, being like, oh, you're always thinking about food and you're always thinking about your next meal. I'm going to give you a drug that stops you from thinking that. Well, because here's the thing is why wouldn't they? Because they get a pocket the cash. They're walking away with the money. Yeah. So that's, you know, like the alternative you gave of let's seek a mental health specialist. Let's seek a nutritionist. That would make sense because that would get to the actual root cause of the problem. Handle that. And then you see what the physical health issues are still, you know, and if you realize there are some issues with the liver that can't fix once you've kind of crossed that battle that you have with the mentality around food, okay, cool. Or, you know, you've seeked a nutritionist, but you're still struggling with weight or some obesity or high blood sugar, high cholesterol. Okay. Then we'll seek the medication. But if you're not going to dive down to the root cause of the problem, taking a pill, taking a prescription is just putting a bandaid on it and expecting it to go away. And it's just, it drives me crazy how quick everyone is just to jump on that band-aid like I don't want to get down I don't want to put the time in I don't want to seek the resources and why would they because the doctors aren't doing that either no because that would take business away from them why would they recommend someone to another health specialist when they keep them in their own office keep prescribing them a pill every single month and be good to go more and more money yeah yeah because at the end of the day when you stop taking it you're gonna have those thoughts come back again like it's (laughs) It's not going to be forever. So why don't we heal your relationship with food first? Mm -hmm. Once we heal your relationship with food, then we can jump down the rabbit hole of, okay, did your blood pressure change? Did your cholesterol change? Let's look at the numbers. Did this change? Okay. No, it didn't. Okay. So maybe we can give you a, a high blood pressure medication. Oh, are you exercising regularly? What's your workout routine looking like? Oh, you don't have one? Okay. Personal Let's trainer. Let's a personal trainer so that way you can get – Also, there's plenty of personal trainers that also in conjunction do nutrition counseling. So like you can do personal trainer and nutrition all in one. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just – 
it's like once they stop taking the medication, they're gonna have those problems again. So like, ew. and the other issue too is that people don't realize you're gonna have to stop that at some point. Yeah, it's it's you, not it's, that's you can not take a forever. forever thing with how invasive no. it is and how quick the weight loss happens is yeah scary it's also and of, it's, it's very visible. Scary. It, the fact that it's so that scary. visible in you can see the way it takes over your body so fast. Like that's not something you can do forever. And no. the fact that doctors are seeing that and just kind of writing it off, once again, keeping it very vague, but mm-hmm. seeing people in my life on it. And you think that weight loss is the equivalent to health, but these people are the skinniest and tiniest I've ever seen them. And they look so unhealthy, so sick. Like I'm trying to figure out what I can do to help them. Yeah. And it- and that goes back to the, the conversation with Shannon about health at every size. It's like, okay – well, half the people that are taking Ozempic technically do not meet any of the parameters of being on Ozempic. Like, I look at my mom, love my mom to death. She's my world. She's she, also our hype know, woman on the Instagram. She's Yes, she is. She is <laughs> she's always commenting. If you see Style and Flair Couture Ooh. commenting, that's my mom, okay? You're her. like, why is the dance costume commenting? It's my mom. <laughs> um, I love that woman to death. Um, she She loves her food and she loves eating her food. She's not this stick thin person by any means, but she doesn't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. fine with the way that her body looks. I, there would be plenty of doctors that she would go to and she could tell them like, oh, I'm kind of unhappy, like kind of want to lose a couple of pounds. They could probably look at her and be like, yeah, we'll put you on Ozempic. And I'm like, mom, I would never in a million years put you on Ozempic because yeah, you may be like not stick thin abs whatever i mean she's also you know she's, she's a mom she's she's in her she's 60 like hello mm. like she's not meant to be this like this big um but like they could look at her and be like oh like we can put you on ozempic if you like want to lose weight but i would never do that because first of all my mom's numbers when it comes to her blood work mm-hmm. are great her numbers for her blood pressure are great like her her internal health is really really good so these people that are going on ozempic that have some pounds that they want to lose internally could be totally fine. But then they're getting on this weight loss drug that has no business being in their body and then fucking up everything else and making them basically unhealthy. Exactly. When they could be making lifestyle changes that, yeah, it's going to take you work. It's going to take dedication and it's going to take change to see those results and it's going to take time but it's going to be long term where you're going to be able to reap the benefits of it for basically the rest of your life yeah because rather than for such a short amount of time i think this is a good like gateway so i was trying to think about Mm -hmm. the like there's so many reasons to not take the shortcut and i was listening to a sermon not too long ago this is what i sent you dawson But he said, the longer routes can teach you valuable lessons that a shortcut never will. And I literally paused everything. I was like, yes, because you think about it in, I mean, you can apply it to any scenario in life, but taking the longer way is not easy. It sucks. It makes you like you want to quit half the time, but the discipline you gain from it, the patience you gain from it, the self-responsibility and accountability, especially in this scenario of like, okay, you know, maybe I want to lose like 10 to 20 pounds. I don't need to take... Please tell me you just heard my sister singing Christmas carols in the hallway. 
I heard something, but I didn't hear what it was. Jesus. Anyway. I love the Christmas carols. Um, In this scenario, like you're like, let's say, okay, my inner health levels, everything's great, but I want to lose like 10, 20 pounds, maybe gain some muscle, maybe lose a little bit of weight in the process, but can take that through a lifestyle change, adding in more Mm strength-based training, adding in more protein, more nutrient-dense foods. We don't need to take away. We don't need to add the restriction in, but you have to Mm -hmm. take responsibility, like take your well-being into your hands. Like no one else is going to do it for you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a TikTok. And every time I say it, I feel like I'm so cliche, but it's true. Like no one else can make (laughs) you change and to just jump straight to a medication that will just completely shrink your body. Like you're not gaining any sort of health or honestly, it's harming your physical health just as much as your mental health. At least in absolutely my perspective, you take the longer route. It's Yes, it's for the physical benefit that, okay, I now know how to work out. I feel like my body's in better shape. I feel like I am healthier inside and out. You know, I'm eating better foods, um, have a better mentality with food, but also knowing that you had the discipline, that you held yourself accountable, that you stayed patient through the process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen over a month, but you do this for three months, four months, five months, six months, a year later, and you're a completely different person, you are now stronger mentally than you were when you decided to make a change. And then I go back and look at the people in my life that are all in Zepic. I'm like, they don't look happy. And you're striving to find this health, right? You're striving to be the epitome of health. You're striving to feel like I am in the best shape of my life. And it's actually doing you a disservice. Right. And that's also where I say, like, we're striving for the physical health results, but I think we neglect the fact that mental health diminishes when you do decide to take the quick fix. And mental health, dare I say, almost improves more than your physical health when you do decide to take the long route. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like as a society, we, and everyone always says this, but it's just like so true that like, and I I can't really speak for the rest of the world because I don't really know like what they're if they're even on the Ozempic wave. But I at least I know yes, from this us in, in I America saw the article from Australia of a woman dying. So yes. Oh okay. So yep. great. Love that. Um, but at least I know from America that everyone talks about how lazy we are. And genuinely, like it is it is yes. so true. Like we are lazy as fuck as a society over the past I don't know like 40 years because when you look at like our ancestors our grandparents like they all worked Mm -hmm. really hard like they struggled they they worked for the life that they were able to give their kids and those kids are now like our parents and all that stuff our society nowadays is just become so like accustomed to everything being lazy and everything's handed everything's to at us. your fingertips. Like, it's we don't click of a button. Why right. would I go exactly. do something manually? And the thi- exactly. And like the thing is, is like with this is with Ozempic is yeah, like you can go to a doctor and if the doctor is really good, like they won't prescribe it to you right away. But you can you also get it like, off the market. You can get it off the market. Like I the amount of times that I've heard a commercial for a med spa in Charlotte mm-hmm. that is like come get Ozempic. I'm like, why is a med spa prescribing this? I'm so confused about this. Like you're having what? a commercial. Like, isn't a med spa a place to go get like Botox and all that yes, shit? And like what? They're going to give you a weight loss drug. Like no, what are they're the going to give you a diabetic what are they looking drug. for? Not even a weight loss drug. Right. 
They're handing out diabetic. Right. A diet, yes. For someone that has freaking diabetes. I'm like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, and it's like, when you're on this drug, are you learning anything to take with you after you get off That's- this drug? Are you learning healthy habits? Mm-hmm. Are you being like, okay, well, I'm going to take this and lose this weight. But during this process to make it my life a little bit easier, I'm going to start making lifestyle changes. I'm going to start steps. going to the gym. I'm going to take baby steps. I'm going to, you know, start cooking my meals at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not eat out as much. You know, I'm only going to limit myself to like having alcohol like on Friday and Saturday oh, and good. making these like – lifestyle changes that are going to be more sustainable in the long run and make you feel better and happier than Mm -hmm. just taking the drug and then doing the same things that you were doing. So then when you come off the drug, what is it? Like you're back to square one again. And then you're like, oh, why did I gain all this weight back? And it's like, well, no doubt that you gained all this weight back because you didn't learn any healthy habits that are going to help sustain you for the long run at all. I think we were having this conversation or I was having this conversation with someone at Pure Bar, but we were talking like, it's not, once again, I've said this so many times, it's not easy, but it's in those moments of discomfort. And when you're like, okay, I know I don't want to wake up early right now, but if I wake up and start my day with like the steps that I told myself I'm going to do because I have this goal for myself and I'm going to put wake up earlier so I can cook and prep my meals for the day. Like it's not ideal. The timing's out of place, but if I can just push through this, it's in those moments of discomfort where you don't want to do it. And then you make that promise to yourself, you keep it and you fulfill it that you grow mentally, you grow physically. And then once again, that's a healthy habit you now have and you can say you've done it and you're consistent with it. And then six months later down the road, you can say like, oh, I now have a healthy habit that me six months ago didn't have. Whereas Mm -hmm. once again, I don't see many people that are, don't get me wrong. Medication is great. It's great. We have that advancement at our hands. It has a time and a place, but also when you do decide to take like go for the pharmaceutical route, know that you can't just expect to take that and then everything else in your life will fall into place. Okay. Take the medication, but add the habits in while you're on it. And that could be something as simple as, okay, I'm sick. I have a cold, I have a flu. So I'm going to go take NyQuil. So I feel like a new human again, but I'm not going to keep eating garbage and then trying not to move my body and just sit on the couch and hope that I get better. Like no, you're when you're sick, what do you do? You go get soup, you go get juice, you take a ginger shot, you try and go on a walk to sweat it out, you go steam. Like little as like tiny and baby and irrelevant of an example as that is, you can put it on a larger scale. Whereas, okay, mm-hmm. yep, my doctor is saying I need Ozempic, for example. Okay. During this process though, I'm aware that it's going to decrease my hunger cues. So I'm gonna try and keep up with that. I'm gonna talk to a nutritionist about how I can, you know, mm-hmm. have a meal plan. For the fact that this medication is causing me to feel full. I'm going to focus on movement. But the one thing with movement is some of these medications will make you feel dizzy, will make you not lose the energy to be able to work out. So finding people that can help hold you, finding wise counsel to be able to assist you in that journey that you're putting yourself on. And then knowing that when you do come off it, you need help still to be able to... Uh stay consistent to keep reaching your goals. You can't expect that everything's just going to miraculously change on your own. Right. And I think once again, because we are so stuck in a society where, okay, all I have to do is click a button and they arrives at my doorstep or all I need to do is call someone or hop on a zoom call with someone. And then I can get the medication I need. I can get the food I need, can book a class, not have to think about, 
what I'm going to plan yeah. out, you, you need to be able to when, do some yeah. things and manually. It's, it's so great to like – right. It's so great to like have those opportunities or those things available to us. Like I feel like – I feel like pre-COVID, we weren't so accustomed to it, but post-COVID, I feel like we have become more and more and more and more lazy. Like the amount of people that get their groceries delivered or, Mm -hmm. you know, they all work from home now. Like no one gets up and goes to the office anymore or they do go to the office, but they go to the office three days a week. And then literally like meal prep delivery, like the amount of meal prep services that are out there that are making so much money, like that's awesome. Like they've really like honed in on like the the market for that. Like I love the convenience. Them. It's great that we have but that. It's but. just right. Everyone loves a convenience. No one likes to be inconvenienced. And anymore. heaven forbid or you do. do the work. Heaven forbid you in- inconvenience right. someone. Like how how hard is it <laughs> for you to go to the grocery store, get a package of ground turkey get a package of you can literally buy the pre-made ruddy rice i don't you don't even need to make you the, can rice, buy the pre-packaged if you veggies. want to frozen veggies the pre the frozen veggies you put it in the microwave you open up the rice packet you put it in the microwave for a minute you cook the turkey on the stove you literally don't even need to do anything but put some seasoning on it you mash it up you put it into a a, a container you have a perfectly balanced meal right then and there at your yep. fingertips that you probably spent less money mm-hmm. on. I mean, in this economy, are we really out here paying all these people to do all this extra work we for are. us? In this economy? <laughs> and everyone's wondering why they're like, oh, I don't have any extra money. Oh, my savings is like, I can't buy a house. No shit. I'm like, well... Yeah, because you're like, I don't know, like spending so much money on the convenience factor of things. And don't get me wrong. There is convenience at certain points. Like I will majority of the time buy the cut up cubed butternut squash versus the whole one just because butternut squash is so freaking hard to cut up and peel and take all the seeds out. It's so annoying. So I will spend the extra, I don't know, 50 cents for the cut up version. I really don't care. I'll eat that 50 cents. But I am not going to be over here subscribing to these pre-packaged, pre-made meals. I like to know where mm-hmm. my meals are coming from. I like to know what's going in them because I know what I'm feeding my body makes yes. me feel good. When I know what's going in my body, it makes mm-hmm. me feel good. I'm doing my workouts that I like to do. I feel Exactly. Great. And there's nothing wrong with convenient nutrition. It's here for a reason. Busy days no. happen, you know. Travel days yes. happen. I literally rely on the pre-packaged stuff for my like travel weekends with dance. But it's when we become reliant yeah. on it that, you know, what is, what's mm-hmm. the shortcut doing for you? How is the shortcut benefiting yeah. you? And mm-hmm. kind of stepping over to the mental health thing, because I realized I didn't give this example either, but another big one is seeing everyone very quick to like prescribe an anti-anxiety, antidepressant pill as well. Mm-hmm. And I have seen the good that it can do. And I believe once again, medication is good if it's used for the right rhyme and reason but when i remember like the first therapist i saw was well let's get you on anti-anxiety pill and i was like hold on like this is the first day i'm like i told her i was like that's a moral that i have close like i don't want to jump onto a pill until that is like literally my last resort and that's just where i stand with like what i want to put into my body i don't feel comfortable with that literally even when i'm sick i'm like i don't want to take a medication let me see how i can go about it so that's just like personal things but 
within the first, like literally the first appointment that I had with her, she said, let's put you on an anti-anxiety pill. And I was like, "Mm, I want to try like two, three months of this. And then three months down the road, if I'm not seeing improvements or a little bit, but I think a pill would be the way to go, then we'll go about that. And I had this conversation with my mom too, that like, we've really opened up about talking about mental health and, you know, the good that if you do like mental health prescriptions are here for a reason. And if you need to take one, it can do benefit. But my mom was talking and saying that, you know, if you're going to go on this, you can't expect that everything's going to be better if you're not working on your stress management, your anxiety management. Are you doing things to get your happy hormones up? Like making sure that you, if you are on an antidepressant, like are you getting fresh air every single day? Like try and go on more walks. Are you eating, you know, the fruits and vegetables that are going to help increase your, you know, vitamin levels? If you have like low vitamin D deficiency or if you have low magnesium, make sure that you're upping their food intake to help keep up with that imbalance in your brain and your body. And so it also goes back to the physical health that we're telling people, if you're going to take a medication for weight loss or what have you, seek out the personal trainer, seek out a fitness plan, seek out a nutrition plan, use other resources to make sure that your body is in alignment while you're on this drug. It goes the same thing for mental health. You know, keep up with therapy appointments if you need to. Maybe you don't go as regularly, but if you're on a pill, make sure you're monitoring that and don't just rely on taking a drug and then expect everything else to change. Like your diet should still change. Make sure that the foods you're consuming are going to make you feel good physically and mentally because if you're eating Mm -hmm. less nutrient-dense foods, your brain hormone levels are not going – first of all, you're not going to be getting the fuel you need to keep up with that because if you do have high anxiety, high depression, it does come back down to vitamin deficiencies, nutrient deficiencies. So you also want to get to the root cause of the problem and then – the medication is there. It's always like, finding the root cause. No the one goes to find the root cause of it. They're just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Here's but meanwhile, this. you're not Here's getting that. sleep. Perfect. You're running on four hours of sleep. You're not managing your stress. You're staring at a screen for 15 hours a day, and you're wondering why you are having constant panic attacks. So then you up your prescription, and you keep upping your prescription. And then you're realizing that your lifestyle is actually worse than what it was when you started. Whereas, once again, the root mm-hmm. freaking cause. That's going to be the name of the episode. The root <laughs> cause. The root cause. Mm. Let's talk about the root cause. Nobody wants oh. to. And then also another thing that like frustrates me so much, and this goes back to like social media influencers, celebrities, all that stuff, is when people take Ozempic, but then they completely deny it. And it's like, uh, that goes, mm, you that goes are just enabling the problem you are enabling and you know botox i was just about to say cosmetic botox and cosmetic aesthetic treatments used to be that way they used to be that like it was super taboo like no one talked about it nowadays a lot of people like they'll be open they'll be like yep i get botox i get here 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 i get lip filler here i get cheek filler i I know your lips did not grow overnight Right. And it's this, it goes for the same thing. Like all these celebrities are talking about their drastic weight loss and all of this stuff. But then they're like, but I didn't take Ozempic, I swear. And it's like, if well, you can physically see the change over the course of a three weeks to a month, right. that is You're not like, done naturally. I'm going to tell you right now. routine that you did and food routine that you did. Because when you look at weight loss in a sustainable, healthy Gradual. way – 
every single person that is educated in that will tell you that weight loss over time is more beneficial and healthy for your body like you should not be losing more than like a pound a week like if you are losing more than a pound a week like we're getting into that healthy basically like we're looking at and healthy weight loss is not linear so for you to see a drastic change know that that is not rooted in healthy habits no it's definitely not rooted in healthy habits and then it's just creating like this like hysteria from the normal eye from the consumer that's just like well I want Mm -hmm. that I want that I want to look like her I want to look like that and it's like all the like the way that she looks or the way that he looks is all from unhealthy habits like it's not from sustainable habits it's not doing anything to benefit your body you want exactly that like you you want to be really unhealthy Mm -hmm. like what they did like Let's let's look no, at their levels. No, and it's just like putting this like bad. Let's look brand. at their blood levels. Right, I'm like, let's get them into a doctor. Let's look at their blood levels, their blood pressure, how quickly they lost the weight. What are they taking to lose that weight? Because we all know, like anyone that's in the fitness space mm-hmm. or the health space knows that that that's like not really a thing that happens yeah. very quickly. And it's just like, it, it's just so frustrating to see like all these people that have such a pull on society have these unhealthy mm-hmm. habits that they don't necessarily talk about or they deny or it's, it's the denial like, for me it's like, like just be completely upfront. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with it and by being honest too maybe for example these influencers maybe someone who's following you is going through the same thing and they want your advice or they want to see what you're going through exactly or give us a exactly. review i love the influencers that talk about botox or lip mm-hmm. filler and they're like honestly i got the lip flip and it was not worth my money One thing so about i don't us. recommend anyone getting it or <laughs> Right. Or they're like, oh, I got like masseter Botox and it completely changed my life. And I, now I'm like literally telling every single person that I know that, that I know that has TMJ or they like grind the teeth. I'm like, everyone, you all need masseter yep. Botox. Okay. So like, you know, when people are upfront and honest about those things, first of all, people don't make assumptions about you. They can't just assume they have the hard facts and then you can kind of talk about it and give your opinion on it. And people will much rather appreciate that than be like, oh, well, like, she lost all this weight, but like she says she didn't take Ozempic, but like she says she did Orange Theory for two weeks and it really made her lose all this weight. But like I did Orange Theory for two weeks and like I didn't lose all this weight. So like I'm like really confused oh right now. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's glorifying weight loss and there's nothing wrong with yes. weight loss. I want to say that right now. And especially there's nothing wrong with medications no. because they're speaking from I'm aware that I'm in a privileged thin body. But there's people that are like, mm-hmm. you know, they want to take the healthy habits, but they can't because they're in a body that doesn't allow them to get to the workout plan they want. Let's use the medication to our advantage then. Like, that's who it's for. But what, especially when yes. you're in a privileged body where you could easily get the results you want by putting work in, but you just don't want to. So you're going to write a check for a pre- prescription or for your insurance. It's... Is it an entitlement? I don't... I have, like, since realized from, you know, talking to so many different people that, like, as a society, we are so undereducated or uneducated on nutrition, how much much. we actually need, what we need, the right things to... Like, like Mm -hmm. the amount of information that is just not presented to people and like I didn't know any of this until I went through my own problems and had to educate myself it's just like so beyond me when I talk to people in my family and they tell me like 
what they had for lunch. And I'm like, that is a snack. That's not a lunch. Or I hear like adults talking about, yeah, like I had a kind bar for lunch. I'm like, okay, so like no wonder like us as a society has just like zero clue about anything, literally no. anything that has to do with health because we're just not educated on it at all, at all. Yeah. We're so worried about finding like what the square root of five is in math class. But like – but you we don't, don't need- talk about anything else in school that, like, is actual importance yeah. that, like, you need to carry you throughout life. And health class doesn't teach you no, anything. I was going to say, like, I, think oh I, I think I had, like, a need to nutrition the health, the health education. I got a nutrition unit when I was a senior in high school. And it was, like, what's a protein? What's a fat? You have to track your food for I a week. I don't think I did. Count the calories and that's it. Like, didn't even. Oh, God. And then no one actually teaches, like, like what does vitamin C do? What does vitamin like, D do? Information about things. Why do we need magnesium? Why do we need iron? Yeah. Little things like that. It's mm. just. And that's all I was about to say. Do we dare go until the school system needs stuff? We're like, this is the Dancer's Choice podcast. That'll be We're now going to talk but... about everything that's wrong with society. Right. <laughs> But again, like, because it is the Dancers Choice podcast, I feel like we should discuss something about dancers is, you know, dancers have a very hard time with their bodies, they have a very hard time looking mm-hmm. at their bodies all the time. And we have, like, I'll just very call susceptible spade, all of us have basically to it, right? All of us have body dysmorphia. Like, you want to say you're a dancer and you don't, everyone does. Like, let's just let's say it how it is. We all have some sort of thing on a body that we look at that we think is yeah. so different than it really is. And that's just how it is. You know, we're staring in mirrors all the time in tight, tight clothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're constantly being told by different teachers to suck this and suck that and whatever that is. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, this could really be very detrimental to the dance space because mm-hmm. if this gets kind of put into the dance space and dancers start taking it, we're already looking at, you know, lots of exercise, lots of physical activity. Then we're looking at malnutrition Mm -hmm. because they're not like, they're not feeding their extra exercise. And that is the issue that worries me, not only with society, but just dancers in general is that, you know, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared for dancers to potentially get a hold of stuff like this. And it just absolutely ruin. No, I agree too. And just because especially now I feel like we're starting to see a lot more body inclusivity in the dance community and Mm -hmm. even just more people speaking up about their own health journeys, whether it's their struggles with mental health or, you know, physical health. I know a couple of dancers that are diabetics and they've started voicing their story on that. That it's like, what happens when this medication gets brought into the dance industry or we start seeing it used for entertainment purposes? Because we have already seen it with celebrities so what happens when it starts yes. getting brought in, especially because so many jobs are like, well, you don't fit the body type. So next. And how many dancers are yeah. so deep into that auditioning process that they'll do anything to book the job? They will do anything. They will do anything to book the mm-hmm. job. So they're like, oh, I'm just going to start taking this. I'm going to lose a whole bunch of weight. And then I'm going to be praised for losing all this weight. And it's You're just like, and then I'm, then I'm going to book way. the job. But then when you book that job, you are going to be in the worst health of your life. Because that. Injections are taking all set energy from you. Yeah, it's just, I hope that doesn't happen. But moral of the story (sighs) stop taking the shortcut. If you see your friends taking the shortcut, step up, say something, be an advocate for them. Nothing in life is worth sacrificing your health to that great of an extent. 
Yeah. And nothing in life comes easy. It takes hard work. It takes time and it takes effort. And you will, in, in that process, you will learn so much about yourself and about how much you can actually do as a human being. Like we are amazing individuals and humans and we are meant to do incredible things. And the human body is so crazy cool. Selling ourselves short. Right. And selling ourselves short and not putting in the extra work and showing that like, I'm strong and I can do this and and look at me, look at this dedication that Mm -hmm. I have. And like, I feel so good will make you mentally feel so much better about yourself, about your life, be so much happier with your situation that like, it just is so much more beneficial to do the long-term thing. And in the moment, of course, it's not going to be easy. It's a but mental nothing push. Nothing good ever comes no, easy. No, and it's honestly yeah. more of a it is a mental, it's a mental challenge more than it is a physical challenge at the end of the day. But if the change is important to you, yes. you'll put the time in. And if it's not, exactly. then that's where you're going to try and take any shortcut you can, try and jump the gun. And at the long term, you're not going to be yeah. satisfied satisfied with the end result. And that goes for anything mm-hmm. in life. We decided to approach this conversation from the health yes. and wellness perspective. You can apply that to anything. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like we touched on a lot. <laughs> but it was oh, a call. This was We've good. Been, we did. We touched on a lot. We definitely – we went in. For those of but... you that don't know us, we've been sending voice memos like back and forth for weeks now. Like, oh, and this note, and think about this, and this. And it got to a point I was like, we can no longer text. Otherwise, we're going to have nothing else to say on the podcast. <laughs> I know. I was like, we just need to start recording it. Otherwise, we're going to – we're gonna. <laughs> I was like, I just need to write all of this down in my notes so that way I have all of it. And I just need to vent to other people so that way I can get all my ideas oh, yeah. out there. So that way when I start venting on the more, podcast, yeah. I'm not just like rambling on about random things. No, this was, this was good. We had structure. We stayed on really topic. Good topic. And it was good. yeah, I hope that anyone that listens to this can approach the topic around Ozempic the same way and kind of maybe push people that maybe they know in life that are thinking about taking Ozempic or any sort of weight loss, quick mm-hmm. fix drug, or just any quick fix in general. And push them to maybe do the harder thing, but support them along the way. Maybe give them give them this podcast so they can listen to it, or uh, help them per- with different uh, providers. Maybe they should go. Maybe they you could recommend them to a fitness mm-hmm. studio or a personal trainer or a nutritionist, or send them you know healthy recipes, or just encourage them in a way to help them feel like they can do this and they don't need to turn to a quick fix yeah. drug that could be potentially harmful yep. in the future. Mm, so well said. Seek the resource, be so. the support. Yeah. That's me. And find the root Thank cause. Thank you. Find the f- <laughs> mother freaking root cause. Find the freaking. Can we please? Root cause you start can we please stop putting a band aid over everything? Yes. And that's yes. the end of the episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. No more band aids. No. 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 But anyway, yeah, we're gonna wrap this episode up here. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, this is the episode after Thanksgiving. So we hope you had a happy holiday. Keep sending us any ideas you have yes. for episodes, things you want us to talk about. Message us on the Instagram or the TikTok. And we will see you next week.
think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye, y'all. Well, we'll talk to you later. Bye.